I feel blessed as ever then uh, I'm the best I've ever been okay. So what's the ask you how I feel What's up? I, I, I'ma tell you I feel amazing I feel blessed as ever then I'm the best Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bearing Down a Gridiron. Ah, oh, this is great. This is awesome. It, the week is here. Week one is here. Week one starts tomorrow. I'm going to get into a game particularly for tomorrow. And I'm going to get into some other games this weekend for college football because week one is here. But, 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 I do have one more conference to preview. I have one more conference to preview, and I got I made an executive decision here. Okay, so the two minute drill today is not gonna be what it usually is because I made an executive decision, and I think it's a decision that everybody will probably be pleased with because I'm pretty sure they want to know how I feel about a certain thing that happened on Netflix. So first, let me do this. Yes, right. The two-minute drill, and it's going to be different because I don't have articles and whatnot. We're just going to talk about the Swamp Kings. The documentary exclusively on Netflix surrounding the Florida Gators during the Urban Meyer Tebow era. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people, because they know and they watch me, they know I'm a Gator fan, so I'm pretty sure they really want to know how I felt about it. So let's talk about Swamp King, shall we? Your main stars, Brandon Silas, Major White. You also have Brandon Spice, Tim Tebow, uh, Amar Black. Some of the guys that was talking. Because, uh, of course, Urban Myers. Uh, you heard from Dan Mullen. You know, you heard from some other people doing this four-episode documentary of the Florida Gators. And, you know, we're going to kick it off with this. You know, they talked about Urban Meyer and what he did at the University of Utah with his quarterback, Alex Smith, at the time. It was between the Florida Gators and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish to see who can grab Urban Meyer from the University of Utah. It happened to be the Florida Gators for the 2005 season. Chris Leak is the quarterback in his junior year and doesn't go well. You go, I think you went, I think we went nine and three that year. Some tough losses, and all three losses were in conference. So there was no fighting for the, the SEC crown, which would have been against LSU. Nevertheless, he had to go out. He recruited Tim Tebow to come to the University of Florida. And then when Tim Tebow came to the University of Florida, Brandon Spice came, Brandon James came. That was the stars of that class. Number one recruiting class coming to Florida. And doing that class coming to Florida, finish it off in 2006 with a national championship. You know, we were 12-1. and one. The only loss came to Auburn that year. And around that time, 
Uh, Auburn had our number. Auburn, we could not, we could not be Auburn to save our lives around this time. That's like the only team we couldn't beat. But we lose to Auburn, and everybody was anticipating a Ohio State Michigan rematch for the next championship. Problem was, they played, they played each other at the end of the regular season. Ohio State escaped with that win. A very close game, highly contested game, back and forth. It could have went either way. Ohio State prevailed over Michigan in Columbus, Ohio. Florida Gators go on to the SEC Championship against Arkansas when they had Darren Fatten as they start running back. Took care of them, beat them by 10. And then with all the polls and stuff, Florida got the nod against Ohio State in the National Championship game. Open the kickoff. Ted again takes it all the way back. And due to a team celebration, they actually end up injuring Ted again, Jr. And Florida went on to beat the brace off the number one team of Ohio State with a Heisman Trophy winner quarterback, Troy Smith, to the tune of 41 to 14. Yeah, we took Ohio State score and we flipped it to make our score. That's how bad it was. But the injury to Ted again, because opening kickoff, he took it back to the house. Straight to the house. And that was it. That's that's pretty much all they pretty much all they can muscle because it was Florida from that point forward. Tim Tebow does his thing, comes in, runs it, mean who does that. He had a couple of jump passes in them, but for the first one being against LSU. And I mean, oh says hey, you see this? Urban Meyer, Chris Lee, you see what Chris Lee is holding? Gators win BCS title. That's the BCS area for y'all, all you young folks out there who have been enthralled into the college football playoff realm. That was the BCS before, okay? So we got that one. We took care of that. Now Brandon Silas is gone. He's going to the NFL. Chris Leak is a singer. He's leaving. It's Tim Tebow's team going into next year. It's Tim Tebow. It's Brandon Spice time. So you're replacing your leaders on offense and defense with the backups of Tim Tebow and Brandon Spice. Let's get to it. Next year comes about. Doesn't work out very well, okay? So I'm going to say, I'm going to put this picture right here. Actually, I'm leader. I'm going to take this off. So the next year, we come in. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. I think we finished 9-3 that year. Tim Tebow wins the Heisman. I think he was like the first sophomore to ever win the Heisman or the second sophomore. He is a, he's in a rare company of sophomores winning the Heisman at that time, okay? I'm going to put it like that. It was a very rare company of sophomores winning the Heisman at that time. And this was just a rough year, okay? Brandon Sprites had to have a come-to-Jesus moment with himself because – you need to be the leader of the defense that Brandon Salas was so this defense can be what it need to be. And also that year we played Georgia, and Georgia humiliated us, embarrassed us. The first touchdown, no Sean Marino dives in, and then the whole bench clears in, in celebration from the Georgia side. It was just an embarrassment. Urban talked about it, but he ain't talking about it in that. He talked about it, I think it was episode three when we on our way back. And this is where we're going to pick up at. Episode three, we come back. We are beating everybody. When I mean beat, we are we not just winning. We are beating everybody down until we get to old 
Miss. Ole Miss. And it's a home game, by the way. It's a home game. The game, the, the game is in is in Gainesville, Florida. It's in Florida. This is 2008 we're talking about here. And like nobody is giving Ole Miss a chance in 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 the world to knock off this Florida team because this Florida team is whooping on everybody. It like you're not touching this team. Gators are ranked. They was ranked fourth in the country, working in three and zero against a two and two team. And like yo, Florida was bulldozing people in the first two games. Like. I can't even tell you how devastating this was, but guess what? Florida scores, and it's 30-31. Ole Miss blocks the extra point. It is 30-31 Ole Miss. Florida does what they need to do. They get the stop, and you have Tim Tebow. It is... Fourth and one, and it's Tim Tebow. Those of you, who, you only have to be Florida fans to know this. When you see fourth and one and you see 15 in blue back there at quarterback, you know, you just know in your mind. All right, this Florida finna win this game. They got Tim Tebow fourth and one. On they need is a field goal to win. Oh, they ain't going to do and this picture that is on the screen right now, those of you who are watching on YouTube, Ole Miss stopped Tim Tebow on fourth and one. Devastating loss for Florida. Devastating loss. I mean, it hurts because you just knew it. Everybody and their grandmama just know Tim they old miss ain't finna stop Tebow from getting three feet. You ain't stopping him from getting three feet. They did. They stopped Tim Tebow from getting three feet. Shocked the world. Number four goes down at home to Ole Miss. And this is where the, the speech from Tim Tebow comes into play at that press conference. He said what he said. It wasn't scripted. It was how he was feeling at the moment in time because Superman got shut down. Superman was stopped. Somehow, old Miss found a kryptonite, some kryptonite enough to stop Tim Tebow. And he said what he said at that press conference, which is hanging up in Gainesville right now. Is on a plaque, I believe it's I believe it's on this that Ben Griffin Stadium. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, and it was it was that. From that point forward, Brandon Spice, the leader of that defense, took up. Tim Tebow didn't let up. They kept it going. And by the way, speaking of Georgia, I couldn't find the picture, but Brandon Spike set the tone for the Georgia game. If y'all can go back and look, first play of the game, Brandon Spikes lays no Sean Marino out. First play of the game, 
talking trash to him after he made the hit. And from that point forward, you know how the embarrassment that Georgia gave Florida the year before when everybody on the Georgia team celebrated in the end zone? Brandon, that, when that play happened and Florida got embarrassed, same thing happened the year after. Brandon Spice laid out no Sean Marino and told and let him know about it. Georgia was in for it. And by the way, you know who the quarterback was for the Georgia Bulldogs at that time? Matthew Stafford. Who's the quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams? Laid him out. Florida went on to embarrass Georgia. Paid back for 07. Came in 08. Came in 08. And then from that point forward, Florida was not looking back. All the way to the national championship game against Oklahoma. And taking down Heisman Trophy runner Sam Bradford in the Oklahoma Sooners. Now, I will say they didn't have uh, DeMarco Murray at that time. If they had DeMarco Murray, we might be having a different conversation here. Matter of fact, we might not be having a Swamp Kings document because they had DeMarco Murray. They probably could have won that game. Because if I remember correctly, that's a championship game. I forgot who the backup running back was. But Florida had three goal line stops. Three. They stopped them three times from getting in the end zone on four plays. Three trips to the red zone for Oklahoma. They couldn't come over with they couldn't come over with nothing. Three goal line stops by that Gator defense led by Brandon Spice. Okay. Shout out to Major Wright because in one because in that in that championship game, Sam Breath was trying to hit one of the receivers running free on the free down the sideline. And Major Wright had a decision to make. He can go for the interception, or at least try to intercept it, or he can knock the receiver out and let him, and let and let it be known we we came to play some football. He chose the latter. He laid the receiver out, and it was known Florida came to play some football in that championship game. By the way, which was down in Miami. That that championship game was down in Miami. By the way, we're going to win that one two and three years. Urban Myers, Tim Tebow, national champions two and three years. Can we go back to back? Can we make it happen? By the way, we beat Alabama and Nick Saban in the ACC title game to get there, by the way. The reason why I brought that up because uh, the very next year, as you see Tim Tebow and Urban Herbin on their second national championship together, the next year, you had a team go 12-0. 12-0. And what we find out in the document of Swan Creams this episode, I think this is episode four. This is I think this is yeah, this is the last episode, episode four. You're undefeated. And you're not enjoying the process of being undefeated. You're not enjoying the process. That's what's crazy to me to find this out. You are undefeated. You are the reigning defending national champions. You are undefeated. And throughout this journey, you are not enjoying the process. And by the way, you blowing people out. It was a beatdown. Weak after week, after week, after week, after week. One of the most notable ones is Tennessee. Because that game was in Knoxville, Tennessee. Why? Because Tennessee just went learn not to kick it to number 25. And those who are Gator fans and Knoxville fans know who I'm talking about. For those of you who don't know, that was Brandon James. They kept kicking to Brandon James, and Brandon James made them pay it every time. 
Brandon James, that's Brandon James' breakout game is against Tennessee. For whatever reason, when it comes to Tennessee, they kick it to him. He's taking a punt return back for a touchdown. He's taking a kick return back for a touchdown. And then if he's not doing that, he's taking a punt return or a kick return to the other side of the field. Every time against Tennessee. I remember at one point watching one of the games live, Phil Foreman told his punter, do not kick it to him. What did the punter do? He kicked it to Brandon James. What did Brandon James do? He took it back to the house. And Phil Foreman's on the sideline, livid at his punter. He's like, I told you not to kick it to him. LSU suffered a raft of Florida. And another jump and another jump pass again. Georgia got demolished. Florida State didn't want no parts of it. Nevertheless, 12 and 0, and you're not happy. You're not, you're not enjoying the journey of being 12 and 0 and making it to another SEC title game and a rematch against Alabama and Nick Saban. And this is where Nick Saban made his name. As that's why when we see analysts today and they say who's going to win the SEC and they pick an Alabama, you can go all the way back to 2009 right here because Nick Saban and Alabama got payback. They got payback on Florida. While Florida wasn't joined being 12 and 0 and undefeated, Alabama made it known like, yo, y'all got us last year. We coming back with vengeance and let it be known. So on to add injury to insults. The insult is us not enjoying being 12 and 0. And the injury is Alabama feeling some type of way of not being able to beat us last year. And they took it out on us. This is the picture from that game. Tim Tebow's crying, which became a thing for people to laugh at because people didn't like Tim Tebow for whatever reason. Tim Tebow is a guy who does everything right. Like Tim Tebow does even Brandon Spikes in the document said, yo, I tried to show pictures of certain of certain of certain things, meaning uh ladies in in certain ways, and Tim Tebow wasn't having it. So Brandon Spice knew Tim Tebow was really about living life right, living life about God and what is right, and not doing what's wrong. And by the end of the documentary this year, matter of fact, this is exact year, people are getting in trouble with the law left and right. I think there was like 31 arrests with this team, and Urban Myers didn't kick people off the team. Because I can't think of the guy's name, but when he kicked them off the team a year later, he overdosed on drugs and died. And that, it's still to this day, from what Urban said in the documentary, hunts him to this day. Because he felt like he probably could have did something different and he would still be here on his on the earth. And he's not. But it's a lot of things that was left out in this documentary. But I one thing I do, I agree with Tim Tebow. It should have been Three championships in four years in the Urban Meyer era. Three champ or three championships in five years in the Urban Meyer era. That old nine team should have won. If they would have just enjoyed the journey, they would have. I feel that like they would have had. To, they would have escaped Alabama. They would have escaped Alabama. According to everybody else, nah, they wouldn't have did it. If that team, because that team was a that team, you still had Tom Tebow, you still had Percy Harvey, you had Chris Rainey. You still had Brandon James. Brandon Stice still the leader of that defense. Omar Black, Janoris Jenkins. That team was still loaded from last from the season before. Aaron Hernandez. Cam Newman's still on the team. But they didn't enjoy the journey and they got punched in the mouth. Rightfully so. Now, 
The reason why I have Aaron Hernandez and Cam Newton up here. We didn't hear nothing about Aaron Hernandez. We heard about the one trouble he got in, but but just like with Aaron Hernandez, all the other players, they found they had a lawyer, found a way to whatever charge they were brought up to him, found a way to get it off off their record, expunge whatever the case may be, and business as usual. That might have been a detrimental to a guy like Aaron Hernandez. Okay. That might have gave Aaron Hernandez the feeling that I can do whatever and can, and can get off with it, which led to some things that he shouldn't have done that nobody would ever condone with what Aaron Hernandez did after he left the University of Florida. Playing for the New England Patriots. So he would never, you know, been told you you were not wrong. What you did, Aaron Hernandez, was wrong. Okay. And what and I'm sorry that it went that way in your life and it's been like that. But you shouldn't have did what you did and you did. Cam Newton. I now the question is, cause at that moment of time, Aaron Mount won King of Players off the team. So what happened for that Cam Newton to get kicked off the team? Because it, I think it was arm robbery or Berkeley one or two. Laptops and all type of stuff was stolen at the University of Florida. But in a sense, actually gave Cam Newton the out that he needed because he ended up going to Auburn, winning that next championship that one year he played for them. And he was drafted number one overall to the Carolina Panthers. So he had a pretty good career after he made his dumb mistake. But we didn't hear from Cam Newton, though. I would, love, I would like to hear from Cam Newton, all right? He ain't the only one. You know, Cam Newton, we didn't hear from. What about Reggie Nelson? Okay. That picture you see of Reggie Nelson down at the bottom right. It's that game in 2006 against LSU. When he made that hit on that receiver, you knew Florida won. The, Florida was going to win that game. Because if he didn't make that play and that receiver caught it, LSU would have been inside the 20-yard line of Florida going in to score, and I think they take the lead. But that hit by Reggie Nelson, let it be known that LSU is not coming to the swamp and winning this game. Okay? up. Let's go up above Reggie Nelson. Percy Harvin, man. The most electrifying guy in college football at that time. Why we can't hear from Percy Harvin, man? He was the electrifier of the team. Went on to have a pretty good, pretty okay NFL career with the Minnesota Vikings. Too bad it didn't pan out the way everybody would like to. But the most electrifying guy on the field was number one in, in Gators. We didn't hear from him. The, the big guys up front, we go to the top left. The Pouncey Twins, where were they at? The guys who were stoic on the offensive line, who kept the offensive line together. Why we couldn't hear from them? And... The reason why I have Chris Leak in the middle, because before Tim Tebow and Urban Meyer, there was no two system quarterback, and if there was, it didn't work that it didn't last that long. So why not hear from Chris Lee? How did Chris Lee feel that Tim Tebow comes in, and then at, at key moments, not at any moment, but at key moments of the game, Tim Tebow getting enough. We're going to do this. I need you to get the first down. And Chris Lee is on the sideline. You have to share your time on the field with the backup quarterback. They got you a national championship. As you see, the picture I chose with Chris Lee is holding up the, the championship trophy right there, the crystal ball. But I want to I wanna hear from Chris. The main person I wanted to hear from was Chris Lee. Because Chris Lee was there at the beginning of all this where it was devastating as a quarterback of Chris Lee caliber trying to be in the spread offense. Then the very your last year, your senior year, 
you're splitting time with Tim Tebow because Tim Tebow is a le- Tim Tebow is that dude. As a freshman, I would love to hear from Chris Lee, but we didn't. These are just some of the questions I have from the episode. But it was a very good documentary, though. I do love the fact that Urban Meyer put it on himself that that 019 came up short because if that team didn't come up short, you probably would have had three of these. That's the picture on the right instead of looking like what you look like after that in a, at that SEC championship game in 08 and 09 against Nick Saban. And guess what? It was Urban Meyer was either the one on the left or the one on the right. There was no in between with Urban Meyer. Uh, he loved winning, but he didn't handle winning in the correct way. And he couldn't handle losing. For whatever reason, he couldn't handle winning or losing in the proper manner. And I don't know what it was. His thirst for winning, like, overtook him, and then it overtook the team. That's why that old 19 could not enjoy being 12-0, and going into the SEC championship game against Nick Saban and Alabama. And then what happened? You get punched in the mouth, and Alabama goes on to beat Texas to win the national championship which it should have been Florida. But it's in the history books. It is what it is. But yeah, Swamp Kings. Very good documentary. Thoroughly enjoyed it. That is your two-minute drill. All right, we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, we got one more conference to preview in college football. The Playmakers Blog is sponsored by Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, mountains of entertainment. So much, so much to stream. From shows and movies you can only catch here on Paramount Plus, whether it be from CBS, BET, Comedy Central, Liquid Loading, and so much more. The new home of Showtime. Watch Showtime original series, movies, and sports when you sign up for Paramount Plus with Showtime. Catch exclusive originals from Paramount Plus such as Star Trek, Strange Wars, The Family Stallones, Halo, and so much more. You also can stream live sports like NFL on CBS, the UEFA Champions League, the Masters, and the SEC on CBS. Paramount Plus, you can stream up to three devices when you create an account. So Paramount Plus, plan starts at $5.99. If you hit that link below, you can get a free trial. Paramount Plus, mountains of entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Into the Net FC. Killing Mbappe just all of a sudden finally understood his role, and I think he finally understood that everything Killing Mbappe has accomplished already, you know, there is still a hell of a lot waiting for him in the future. Killing Mbappe is only 24 years old. He has accomplished so much, and you know what? Kylian Mbappe has not even reached his prime. Finally seeing, you know, the Marcus Rashford we have been hoping for for such a long time, you know. But, you know, this game, you know, after after everything Manchester United has been, you know, doing lately, you know, th- this was actually the ultimate test, you know, to see if Manchester United, you know, all, honestly was all of a sudden for real. I, I explain this. The United States, maybe they have to suffer this loss as a lesson to learn to prepare for the future. Because four years from now, 
The World Cup is in not one, not two, but three countries. The United States of America, Canada, and Mexico. Into the NetFC is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Bearing Down the Gridiron. Special note, those of you who have not been paying attention, if you see on the bottom of your ticker there, I'm going to read it to you. Right now, starting right now and all the way through September 20th, you can get half off on Paramount Plus for 12 months. We're talking a whole year of Paramount Plus for half off. Use the pom- Using the promo code SPORTS, S-P-O-R-T-S, get you 50% off, so staying paying. $5.99 for Paramount Plus. You'll be paying $2.50 a month for a whole year with Paramount Plus using the promo code SPORTS for a whole year because you might as well get it. This week, SEC football is back next. Next week's the NFL on CBS along with SEC on CBS. Then you got Big Ten football on CBS. So I don't know what you're waiting for. Do it now. Click the link in the show notes. Type in that promo code and get Paramount Extreme Paramount Plus for two fifty a month for a whole year. So don't wait. Get it down. Do what you got to do. All right. Now that we're back, Swamp Conference. The preview left. It is the the best conference in college football. It is the Southeastern Conference. It is the SEC. Let's get right into it, shall we? Uh, you're the defending champion, the Georgia Bulldogs, who put a stump the mohold and walk a draw to the LSU Tigers by the two of 50 to 30 in the SEC championship game before they ran on to win the next championship game over TCU. Speaking of winning the next championship game, Georgia Bulldogs are back-to-back national championships. They beat Alabama the year before, and then obviously the one I just brought up last year when they demolished TCU. LSU is your... SEC West champions the first time since 2019 when they won in that championship. That's when they had Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. Um, they had somebody else. I can't think of his name right now. That's when they had they ridiculous behind offense, okay? Clyde edwards Alaire. I did say Jamar Chase. They just had a ridiculous behind offense that just put up 50 points a game, and you couldn't catch them, all right? It's, that's ridiculous. You just couldn't catch them, all right? Uh, Georgia went 15 and 0 overall, 8 and 0 in conference. They did not lose the game last year. LSU 10 and 4 overall, 6 and 2 in conference play. Alabama 11 and 2 overall, 6 and 2 in conference play. And yeah, that loss to LSU really hurt. Really, really hurt. So, those of you who, if you've seen the preview video of this show about the SEC, that video of LSU throwing the ball. To the tight end on the flat and tight end getting in and scoring, that was against Alabama. That was that year. That was last year. The game that Alabama lost to LSU in Dev Valley. Uh, Tennessee, 11-2, 6-2 in conference play. Their injury to Hayden Herker was the devastating part of them. He got hurt. And Tennessee was pretty much done from that point forward. All right? That was it for them. So that was how the conference shaped out last year. Also, this is the final year for the current conference. As Oklahoma and Texas will be joining us at the end of the sports calendar year, which will be July 2024. So get ready for that. OU and Texas will be joining the SEC. 
Now for the final season, for the final year of the current SEC, Georgia's picked to win the East for a third consecutive year. Alabama's is, is poised to regain the SEC West, according to the media polls. Of course, because anytime Nick Saban doesn't achieve the ultimate goal, he comes back with vengeance. We all know this. We have been through it. We've seen it before, and we just talked about it in the Swamp Kings when he got beat by Florida in 08. He came back in 09 and put and put Florida down. You have Tennessee second in the East, LSU second in the West, South Carolina third in the East, Texas A&M third in the West. You have my Gators down number fifth in the West. They got my Gators finishing ninth in the total conference play. Right behind old Miss and Kentucky, but we shall see. And the schedule doesn't favor us that much, but yeah, we'll see. That's why they play the game like Chris Berman says. But key games for your top 16, for your top five teams. I did top five in the SEC, beginning with the defending national champion, the Georgia Bulldogs. They first test doesn't come to September 16th when they host South Carolina at between the hedges of Athens, Georgia. Their first test of a road game comes in at the end of the September, September 30th, when they gotta go to Jordan Hare Stadium and take on the Auburn Tiger, the oldest rivalry in the South. And then on October 7th, they host Kentucky before, and then they take a couple of weeks. And then two weeks after that, I was gonna say three weeks after that, should I say? October 28th, right here in the city that I reside in, at the Jacksonville, Florida, born and raised. It is the annual Florida-Georgia game, formerly known as the world's largest cocktail party, but they don't even want to do that no more. Nevertheless, October 28th, right here in Jacksonville, Florida, Florida-Georgia meet once again. Then November 11th, they host Ole Miss in Athens, Georgia, and then they... Last test comes in November 18th when they host. Well, no, when they got to go to Knoxville, Tennessee to take on the Tennessee Volunteers. That is the reigning defending champions key games going into this year. Let's look at the, the team that they beat to get to the college football pro. That would be the LSU Tigers out of the West for and they first test comes this Sunday. Down in Orlando, Camping Royal Stadium. I guess the Florida State Simmons. I could be diving into that game. We shall see. Then at the end of the month of September, on the 30th, they got to go to Oxford, Mississippi to take on the Old Miss Rebels. And the Old Miss Rebels do won't pay back because when they went to Death Valley, they took a, they took one on the chin. October 14th, that's a hope down in Death Valley. The Auburn Tigers come rolling into the Baton Rouge, so Tiger versus Tiger down in Death Valley. November 4th. The trip to Tuscaloosa to face off with the Alabama Crimson Tide. The week after Alabama, my Florida Gators come rolling into Death Valley for that one. And then your last test comes at home in Death Valley, November 25th, when the Aggies of Texas A&M come storming into Death Valley. That's the LSU key game. Let's look at Alabama's key games. September 9th, they host Texas in Tuscaloosa. September 23rd, a visit from Lane Kiffin and the old Miss Rebels. And you know Lane Kiffin want one. He want one over Nick Saban. He wants one. October, October 7th, a trip to College Station to take on Jim Fisher and the Texas A&M Aggies. Circle that game as well. Because the only assistant coach to ever beat Nick Saban is Jimbo Fisher. So, Jimbo wants another one. And then... 
October 21st. The Volunteers of Tennessee come to Tuscaloosa, and you know Nick Saban has his eyes on that game after he went to Knoxville and saw his Crimson Tide take a L to the Tennessee Volunteers. And you know he got that game circled for payback, so Tennessee better be prepared on October 21st. November 4th, as I mentioned, for the uh, LSU slate, that's when LSU goes to Tuscaloosa to take on Alabama. And then, even though this is October 25th, that should be November 25th, Thanksgiving week, the Aaron Iron Bowl at Jordan Hill Stadium against the Auburn Tigers. So they got to go to Auburn for the Iron Bowl. That's Alabama. Let's look at Texas A&M. Texas A&M, same time when Alabama hosts Texas. Texas A&M will be taking a trip to Cora Gables to take on the Miami Hurricanes. That's a big road game right there. That is a huge road game because Texas A&M survived at home. Now they got to go to Miami. We shall see how that goes. That should be an interesting one right there. September 30th, there's a game against Arkansas at the Ben Dollar Pay Ben Jerry's Real in Arlington, Texas. October 7th, a home game against Alabama. October 14th, the week after, they go to Knoxville to take on the Tennessee Volunteers. Then they open up the month of November on the 4th at Ole Miss and finish it off at home. On the road in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, November 25th at LSU. And for the Tennessee Volunteers, they get their stuff started off this weekend, this Saturday, when they meet Virginia. And I believe that game is at Nissan Stadium. Then on the 16th of September, they come to Gainesville, Florida to take on the Florida Gators. That should be interesting with Bill and Napier and company. See how that goes. As I mentioned with Texas A&M, October 14th, they host the Aggies and Jimbo Fisher. The week after that, they go to Nick Saban and Alabama and Tuscaloosa. After that, they go to Kentucky. That's a nasty stretch for Tennessee. You host, you, you, you host Jimbo Fisher and A&M. You go to Tuscaloosa. Then the week after, you go to Kentucky. That is a nasty, that's a nasty stretch for the Tennessee Volunteers. And then your last key game is November 18th when you host the Georgia Bulldogs. So those are the key games right there. There are about it. And you know the media's picking Georgia to win it. Not surprising. And unfortunately for me, I'm picking the Georgia Bulldogs to win the SEC again. I know right now there's a lot of Gator fans that are looking at me with that look of disgust, disdain. But if y'all know me, y'all have seen me done this show. Y'all have seen me do Ramley Talk. Y'all have seen me do Arch Rival. You see me guest appearance on shows like Snowman in the Morning. You know I keep it 100% and honest. Alabama, LSU, Tennessee all have more tougher schedules than Georgia. Georgia has probably the easiest schedule in the country. So how are you going to stop them from going undefeated this season? Okay. Go back to the key games. Look at the key games. They at home against South Carolina. They go to Auburn. That's a key. That's that's a tough one. They host tennis. They host Kentucky. 
Okay, you always got to suck with the game against Florida here in Jacksonville. They got Ole Miss at home. It's a home game. And they have Tennessee on the road. So you only 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 two road games of key games for me when it comes to Georgia, and that's at Auburn and it's at Tennessee. Other than that, you have your your normal neutral side game against Florida, and you, you're hosting you you host South Carolina, you host Kentucky, and you host Ole Miss, man. Like it just sets up for Georgia, man, and Kirby Smart. It just sets up for them. And yes, I feel like throwing up right now. I feel like. I don't even want to do anything else after this because I'm sitting here picking Georgia to to win the SEC. I'm I'm just but yeah, I'm picking Georgia. So that is my final pick for conference championship previews. I have Clemson Tigers winning the ACC for the eighth time in nine years. I have the Michigan Wolverines making it a three-peat in the Big Ten. I have the Oklahoma Sooners doing the double bird to the Big 12 saying, y'all must have forgot who owned this conference, and it's the Sooners. I have the Oregon Dogs bouncing back and taking back the Pac-12. And I have the Georgia Bulldogs winning the SEC yet again. So, yeah. yeah. Not thrilled about it. Not happy about it. But Ain't nothing I can do. But with that being said, uh, I do need to show y'all my playoff teams. Because there's no point of telling you who I got winning if you don't know who I have in the playoffs. So let's do this. Real quickly, let me show you who I have in the playoffs. That way you know. And here's who I have. Number one would be the Georgia Bulldogs. Number two would be the Clemson Tigers. Number three, the Michigan Wolverines. And number four, the Oregon Ducks. I don't have a I don't have two teams in the same conference making it this year. Which I could be wrong because a lot of people have Georgia, Alabama making it, and they have Michigan, Ohio State making it, making it pretty much a Big Ten SEC playoff picture. I'm not going to do that. Uh, I have Georgia probably destroying Oregon like they did last year to open up the season. I think I have I might have Michigan finally winning a semifinal game against Clemson. And it'll be Georgia, Michigan in the championship game, and Georgia's going three-peat. The first team to ever three-peat is the Georgia freaking Bulldogs. I can't believe I just said that. I can, you know what? I can't, I, for those of you who are trying to figure out, I just said I have Georgia three-peating as national champions, the first team to ever do it. And with that being said, I'm going to commercial break. Okay, I can't. Yeah, I'm going to commercial break. I'll be back. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Cowboys Talk. The Dallas Cowboys got exactly what they deserved. Let me say that one more time because you know it's true. The Dallas Cowboys got exactly what they deserved. Dak Prescott is overrated and he shouldn't be paid. Okay, and the same thing with Pollard. I mean, Pollard bro- breaking the tackles at that 57-yard touchdown run. I mean, we needed that Beautiful. big time. 33 points in the fourth quarter. Let me say that again. 33 points in the fourth quarter. Then that's off of four turnovers committed by the Colts. 
So yeah, one point. And the fact that at the end of the third quarter, it was 21 to 19, and the final score was 54 to 19. Now that, ladies and gentlemen, that is completely unexpected. Cowboy Sock is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Barry Nana Grinner. I needed to take a quick break because I just made myself throw up so many times. It didn't make no sense of what I just did to myself. But nevertheless, previewing is done. There's no more previewing conferences, okay? It's, it's, it's here. Beginning tomorrow, college football is lock and loaded, okay? Speaking of which, I think I need a graphic for this. It's time to go on a campus tour and to begin, and I see it say tomorrow, right? Because tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, in Salt Lake City, Utah, my Florida get it straight the trip out there to get to take on the Utah Utes, the Pac-12 champions. Remember this? This just happened last year, right? The Utah Utes defending the Pac-12 champions, ranked in the polls, and they had to come down to the Swamp of Gainesville, Florida, and they took an L! Now, this time, the game is out in Utah. The Gators, have, the Gators are traveling today to Texas. No, they traveled yesterday to Texas, and now they're traveling from Texas out to Utah today, okay? So, that game is tomorrow, August 31st, 8 p.m. ESPN. Chris Fowler, Kirk Herstory is on the call for that one, okay? And, yes, I will be here to watch it live, all right? I am not missing the first game of the Florida Gators. Y'all know me. I'm not missing this game. Picks later, okay? All right. Saturday, kick off your Saturday. Kick off your normal Saturday college football day at noon on ABC when it is the Virginia Cavaliers against number 12, the Tennessee Volunteers at Nissan State in the home of the Tennessee Titans. That should be fine. ACC SEC matchup. Um, I kind of know what I'm going. I think oh, I think I know where everybody's going to go with this, but you know, my picks are later when we do our bear down pieces. But hey, I'm just gonna say Virginia, have fun. Now here we go. Also at noon on Saturday, big noon kickoff is live from Fort Worth, Texas, at 17 ranked TCU. Coming off one of their best seasons in program history, making it to the national championship game before getting demolished by the Georgia Bulldogs. They are the first team to welcome in Coach Prime. That's Coach Prime takes over Colorado Buffaloes. His first game is on the road in Fort Worth, Texas, with the TCU Horn for. I wonder if Deion Sanders is going to wear a Cowboys hat while he's there. I want to see that. I want to see. I want to see Dion walking the cowboy hat. Walking the cowboy hat. That's what I want to do. You show because all the pre, all the all the um, commercials and stuff when they did, he he walking that ten gallon cowboy hat, and I love it. I want to see Coach Prime with it alone. But did noon kickoff is there? I'm going to see the crew. And this is on Fox, ladies and gentlemen. So at the big noon kickoff, right at the big noon kickoff, is Colorado Buffalo TCU Horn Frogs Pac-12 versus. Big 12 matchup before Colorado returns to the Big 12. Going to love this game. I want to see how Colorado looks. I want to see how Coach Brian figured things out quickly because 
you're going against one of the best teams in the country in the Big 12. Just saying. And then, oh, college game day will be live at Charlotte, North Carolina Saturday. And it, it is the Battle of the Carolinas. Bank of American Field will be packed for primetime match at 7.30 on ABC. Number 21, Drake Mays leading the North Carolina Tar Heels against Spencer Rattler and the South Carolina Gamecocks. ACC, SCC battle. That is two. We have Virginia, Tennessee early on in the day. At the end of the day, we will have South Carolina and North Carolina. This is going to be interesting. Drake may be one of the top quarterbacks coming out of this draft class after this season. How will he fare against Spencer Rattler, who transferred from Oklahoma to South Carolina? He looked very good towards the end of the South Carolina year last year. Can he pick up where he left off at? Can South Carolina pick up where they left off at? And keep the ball rolling here for the SEC. All right. That's another now another game that we're going to preview and look at. Big Ten on NBC, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't recall, the Big Ten has a $7 billion TV deal. Now, well, not only with NBC, but with Fox and CBS. So all three, all three stations will be showing Big Ten games. And this is the first one from NBC, okay? After they have the Notre Dame Fighting Irish play in that normal time, as they normally do, 7.30, ladies and gentlemen, across from the Battle of South Carolina, it is Penn State Nifty Lions, ranked seven in the country, hosting West Virginia from the Big 12. We have a Big 12 and Big 10 matchup down in Happy Valley. Mountaineers, have fun with that one, okay? And then we'll get to that one in a minute because that game there that you just saw, The spotlight game of the week takes us to Orlando, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, where I believe college game it should have been it, if you want to ask me. And the ranking said it itself. It's, it's a top 10 showdown out the gate Sunday, September 30th. Well, probably because it's on a Sunday and not on a Saturday. But nevertheless, September 30th, Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, the spotlight game of the week down in Orlando, Florida, ABC, SEC versus ACC. Number five, the LSU Tigers taking on the Florida State Seminoles. Now, normally I would have cut to a break and then did the spotlight game of the week, but we already been going long getting away, so I'm going to do it right here. Last year, Florida State went to Louisiana, New Orleans, Louisiana at the Superdome and escaped with a one-point win over LSU Tigers. In a way, that usually works against Florida State, but instead of, instead of them missing the extra point, they blocked the extra point. To win that game. Now, LSU must want payback by taking a trip to Camping World Stadium down in Orlando, Florida, where Florida State is the home team now, and try to get back what they should have won last year. Can they do it? Is the question. But this is year four in the Mike Lowell's tenure at Florida State. After year two, when Eddie didn't even make the bowl game and everybody wanted his head on the silver play, he came back the following year last year and had 10 wins this year. Now they expect him to continue on his this trajectory here because I told you, by year three, you sure already know where you're going at. Year three, 10 and three. Had a very great year. Now you ranked in the top 10 to begin the season. But 
You're talking about a team who won the ACC West last year over Alabama, beat Alabama, and now you have Brian Kelly in his second year at the helm at LSU with Jaden Daniels as his quarterback still. So that is all that right there. Now, we're going to take a break, and then when we come back, I'm going to give you my picks for week one and a special debut for something that y'all didn't know about unless you paid attention. We'll be back. The Playmaker Spot is sponsored by Lids. Locker rooms by Lids. Shop hats and official sports gear at Lids. Lids, the leading and number one destination for hats, gears, and everything that moves you. Make it a perfect shop for fans to find official sports hats, merchandise, and gears. Represent your team, your town, and your style with a snap pad, adjustable, fitted hat, or beanie from thousands of college and professional teams. Browse the very latest jerseys and t-shirts for the best teams out there. Liz has officially licensed professional and college sports teams apparel and hats featuring the hottest brands and trends. Shop online or visit one of the 100 stores across the country. Locker by Liz. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Bearing Down the Gridiron. All right, we talked about Swamp Kings. We dove into the SEC. I gave you the games I'm looking at for week one. Now I just got to make picks, so. Six. The Bear Down Pick Six here is my picks for week one. I'm taking my Florida Gators to do it again. This time on the road, ladies and gentlemen. This time on the road, over 14 rank Utah. We coming out 1-0 yet again. And the next game, I have Tennessee taking down Virginia. I mean, there's no surprise on that one. I'm pretty sure everybody else is feeling the same way. All right. All right. And, you know, same thing when it comes to TCU and Colorado. I think everybody, everybody, we love you, Coach Prime. We love you. We love you. We good to see you, Coach Prime. But you're going to take this L to the TCU on road in Fort Worth, Texas. Just keeping it real, Coach Brian. Just keeping it real. You're taking the L. All right, you're going to take it L. All right. And then I have another blasphemous thing that I am doing because normally I pick an SEC team every time. But in this one, the Battle of the Carolinas with the game being at Bank America Field, our Bank American Stadium, I'm taking the North Carolina Tar Heels. I think North Carolina will find a way to outlast the South Carolina Gamecocks and take this one. Okay. Yeah, and this two blasphemous thing I did. I picked Georgia to win the ACC, and I'm picking against this SEC team against the ACC team. I know. It's not been it's one of them episodes, man. This is one of them episodes. Continuing on, give me Penn State over West Virginia, and it shouldn't even be close. If West Virginia has a chance of beating Penn State, Penn State going to be in for a long year, okay? Because nobody's suspecting West Virginia to mount to anything, let alone their nickname being the Mountaineers, okay? Penn State, Penn State, Penn State. LSU gets paid back against eighth-ranked Florida State. Pay back. That's all I'm saying. LSU getting paid back, okay? Florida State would not beat LSU again. LSU would come back with a vengeance this time and handle Business. You hear me? You hear me? Business. Those are my six picks, but 
those of you who have been paying attention, we are doing what we call the extra point van folk. So with the games, I will the sixth game that you saw me do, that's what I be doing every week. And every time I will leave some of the games that I did choose, I'll lead them to a vote by you, the fans, for me to pick as my extra point pick. Okay. So that means with the extra point of full seven picks equaling the touchdown. Okay. So I did my six picks. Now we got the fan vote pick. And with a with with a 57.9% vote winning, you guys voted for Boise State and Washington Mountain West versus Pac-12, 2:30 on I mean 3:30 on Saturday on ABC. The the Huskies are hosting are at home against a team that is known for knocking off Pac-12 teams, especially on the road in Boise State. So this is not a sleeper. This is not one of the games you want to sleep on if you're the Washington Huskies. So this is the game I got to pick. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm going with the home team. I am picking the Washington Huskies to not get caught slipping. Opening week at home against a team that is known for catching people sleeping. Okay? Thank you for that. Those are my picks. If you want to check them again, I'm taking Florida over Utah. I'm taking Tennessee over Virginia. I'm taking TCU over Colorado. I'm taking Penn State over West Virginia. I'm taking North Carolina over South Carolina. I'm taking LSU over Florida State. And for my extra point pick, fan vote pick, I am taking Washington over Boise State. All right. So, hey, that's all I got for you today. Week one is here. I'm happy for it. I know you are too. It's time to get down to business. I will catch y'all next week to recount what took place in week one. Get you ready for week two. Deuces. You just experienced Baron Down and Gridiron, hosted by Donnell the Playmaker Silence, in collaboration with Art Brothers Football. Baron Down and Gridiron is sponsored by Liz Fanatics and Paramount Plus. If you enjoyed today's show and would like to make a donation, you can donate via Cash App at dollar sign D Playmakers at dollar sign D Playmakers. Remember, Baron Down and Gridiron is available on all podcast directories, including. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. And for Apple Podcasts lovers, leave us a rate review. Let us know what you enjoy about today's episode that you're listening to. Tune in again next time for more Bearing Down the Gridiron, hosted by The Playmaker.